All right, how's that? All right. Good morning, everybody. The apocalypse in the natty, so they say. I mean, here it is today. Beautiful morning. Thank God we're on the wake-up list. And all of a sudden, you drive in, you turn on the radio, and the only thing anybody's talking about is the weather. Talking about tonight. This Arctic blast that will cover most of the United States. It's hit in the western region of America and moving into the heartland of America. Talking about it going from whatever it is today, 47, something like that. And then tonight, talking about it being you know, minus 10, minus 20, wind chill, uh, all kinds of snow coming. So we're trying to make alternate plans of what we might do tomorrow. Because we're here for you. This is Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time. You can watch us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. We always ask, please help us out here with the program if you like it and subscribe to the program. You can also find us on Twitter and on Facebook. If you just go to the Chatterbox Sports page and flip on the notification switch, if you'd prefer to join us in podcast form, your schedule says you have to do it out on a walk with a dog or a jog or just hanging out at home, by all means, just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. Pro Bowl rosters were announced last night. The Philadelphia Eagles, with the best record in the NFL, put eight players on the NFC roster. Kansas City has the most in the AFC with seven. The Bengals get three. Three. Are you kidding? Three? You got Joe Burrow. You got Jamar Chase. You got Trey Hendrickson. No DJ Reader. No Jermaine Pratt. No T. Higgins. I mean, you got to be kidding. We'll talk a lot about this today. The good news for the Bengals was on the practice field yesterday. Okay, we don't know anything for sure yet, but it's starting to look like Hendrickson, Hilton, Cam Taylor-Britt, Boyd played last week, maybe even, maybe Hayden Hurst. They were all in full gear yesterday. Hurst is the major surprise of that group. Now, we finally, you know, we'll find out Friday, maybe Saturday morning, as to who plays, and again, that game is Saturday, Christmas Eve against New England and Foxborough. Cincinnati is a three-point favorite. Well, another week, another quarterback change for the Indianapolis Colts. The season started with Matt Ryan, then Sam uh, Ellinger, then back to Ryan when Jeff Saturday took over, and now this Monday night, it's a former Philadelphia Super Bowl hero, Nick Foles, against the L.A. Chargers. Foles has spent most of the year as a number three quarterback. The goal, they say, is for Foles to start the last three games of the year. Bad news in Tennessee. Their starting quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, is likely out for the rest of the season with an injured ankle. They're trying to figure out, does he need surgery? You may remember he was injured earlier this season, missed a game, came back. He re-injured it again this past Sunday. In fact, they sent him in the locker room. And the guy came back out and played, all taped up. Guy's a gamer. Whether you like him or not, total gamer. Malik Willis takes over as the starter. And as you know, 
It is a one-game lead in the AFC South. The team right behind them is Jacksonville. They play a huge game tonight in the Meadowlands against the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. I have to say that every time the Jets are up. It's just too good, especially when you're there in the stadium and especially when they stink. Uh, New York is only a game out of the playoff picture like New England at 7-7 seven and seven with three games to go. College football yesterday was the first day recruits, high school recruits, could sign a national letter of intent, naturally. For the families and the kids, it's a very, very exciting day, and congratulations to all, no matter what the sport, but we're talking about football. It's also a day where everybody and his brother ranks which school had the best start, which school has the best class. Can we please wait at least two, four years from now to see what reality tells us? These kids are 17, okay? It was a really strange day for UC. And I don't mean that in recruiting high school kids. They feel very good about where they are there. First off, they get Emory Jones as a transfer from Arizona State. You're saying, okay, who is this guy? He was ranked as among the very best high school quarterbacks in the country coming out three years ago. He initially signs with Ohio State. He decommits and goes to Florida. He was there for three years, his final year a part-time starter. Then he transfers to Arizona State last year, where he started every game. Threw for a bunch of yards, ran for almost 800 yards, and now he's transferring again to UC. So shortly after that news came out, this year's starter, Ben Bryant, announced that he is coming back to UC to take advantage of that COVID extra year of eligibility. It'll be his sixth year in college. So you have those two alongside Evan Prater, and you'd have to say that is more than solid depth at the quarterback position for the Bearcats going into the Big 12. Going to be really interesting to see who starts. Speaking of the Bearcats, the basketball version of the Bearcats. Got a win last night over Detroit Mercy, 72-54. You see 9-4 on the year and will open American Conference play next week at home against Tulane. And lastly, did you see this story about Eastern Illinois? It's an unbelievable story. Unbelievable, Tom. They go into their game last night against Iowa, okay? They're a 31-and-a-half-point underdog. They win the game. In terms of point spread, it's the greatest upset in the history of college basketball. 30-point underdogs over the last 30 years had a record of 0 and 558. How about that, Mr. College Basketball, Paul Fritschner? Yeah, and even maybe the more impressive thing was that they were losing at halftime. It wasn't like Eastern Illinois came out and dominated this game from start to finish and Iowa just had an off night or whatever. I was Iowa was winning this game at halftime. Not by a lot. I think it was by eight or so. But still, credit to Eastern Illinois. Rallying, winning. They won by nine. It wasn't like a buzzer beater. They won by nine. 31 and a half point underdogs. I can't even wrap my head around that number. That's one of those games where they don't even offer a money line because the spread's too big. You couldn't you couldn't have even bet on Eastern Illinois to win the game. Really? Yeah, when the spread gets too big in games like that, whether it's college, NFL, or whatever, 
they won't even offer a money line because the spread's too big and they don't. There's there's no real value on either side. You don't want to bet on Iowa to win the game. You'd have to risk too much to win too little. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know what I could figure it out, but what a true money line would have been for Eastern Illinois going into the game. I mean, that's unbelievable. And I don't throw that word word around much. But no, you it don't. Is. No, you don't. Uh, are you having not too picky today? We are. We're doing our second um, betting 101 segment today. So we oh, did, good. We did betting 101 on Monday. P- people seem to really like it. I imagine they do. You got to learn more about it. Yep. So if you missed that on Monday, if you missed the betting 101, you can go back into the into the YouTube page here and scroll down into our uploads, or it's on a playlist too, and you'll see it. Uh, Reed and I are going to do maybe a little more advanced, some some tips, some tricks, some stuff like do that. Do you today. have any uh, guilt complex of the potential of creating degenerates? No, I don't think so. <laughs> You don't? No. You don't think there's any chance of that? I mean, there, there will be people that won't be responsible, but, I mean, hopefully not. Hopefully Casey, not of us. do you think that he is in part leading to the potential of gambling degenerates? I, and there are a lot of them running around the halls of this I, office right now. I would argue the opposite because there are there – are, going to be so many thousands of people that are doing this on January 1st that you're not getting the people that are, you know, going to maybe we're, we're trying to hit the people that are going to listen to this and, and we're going to try to help people do it the right way and understand that it's entertainment. You're not trying to actually make money from it. It's entertainment. It's fun. We got Paul Doherty in here though. Maybe he's got to take on it. Doc, they have this show and this is Paul Doherty from the morning line at substack.com. Uh, I was asking these guys, Paul does a daily show or a a show a couple of times a week that has to do with gambling. It's called Not Too Picky. And so what he has done is, is created, I think it's a great idea, um, Betting 101, where he walks people through what are point spreads, what what are over-unders, all those kinds of things. And I asked him the question, is there anything on his conscience right now that he believes he could be in part leading to people becoming common degenerates. Do you think that that's a real possibility or that he has any hand in that or should feel any guilt in that? Hell yeah. He's, he's like uh, an old guy give, giving a 12-year-old his first beer. Well, I've been guilty of that. <laughs> that, that starts him on his way to a life of... Uh, of uh, Debauchery and, and crime. <laughs> Boy, I mean, you got a hell yeah right out of the gate, Paul. I mean, I mean Doc hey, is a wise man. At least we're trying to help people do it the right way and understand what it is so on January 1st, they're not just throwing money into the wind, which you might be doing anyway. I don't know. You give, you give the 12-year-old a shot at Jack Daniels and tell him not to get behind the wheel. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. 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 I got a 17-year-old still at home. Maybe I'll run that by him later tonight. Um, all right, Doc, I, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, this game against New England. Uh, there have been a lot of articles written just in the last week after that debacle that happened at the end of the game last week and the loss to the Raiders where, you know, they're throwing the ball around like the old Stanford Cal thing and it's intercepted the last play of the game. Chandler Jones runs it in for a touchdown. And everybody talking about Bill Belichick and what is going on there. I think all of us agree universally. Uh, I, don't, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody that could disagree that he's the greatest coach in NFL history. But he had Tom Brady there. 
Do you think any of his legacy at all has been tarnished uh, since they're 24 and 23 since Brady walked out the door? No, no, I'm going to disappoint you on this one, Tom. And this debate's been going on for a while. I um, I don't think that either one of them uh, misses the other. I, in other words, I, I'm not saying that very well. I, I don't think that, that we can say that Belichick is diminished as a coach because he doesn't have Brady the same way we can't say Brady as a quarterback is diminished because he doesn't have Belichick. I, I thought that they had the best symbiotic relationship in the history of the NFL. I mean, we can look back at the dynasties. So look at look at San Francisco. Uh, Bill Walsh had Joe Montana, but I believe he also had Steve Young. The Steelers of the 70s had Terry Bradshaw. They also had arguably the best defense in, in the history of the league. Um, Brady and Belichick, pretty much had Brady and Belichick. Um, one would not have been who he was without the other. I, I can't say that, well, you know, Belichick would not have been as good without Brady, nor can I say that Brady would not have been as good without Belichick. I, they complemented one another beautifully. Uh, for, for Belichick, Brady, Brady gave Belichick not only that super cool persona, nobody else comes back from 28-3 down at halftime in the Super Bowl, but Tom Brady. Uh, he, he gave Belichick an invaluable, intangible, Tom, in that he was the hardest worker on that team for that generation. And Belichick never had to worry about the locker room when he had Tom Brady. Uh, he knew that Brady was going to lead by example, and players are like children most of the time. They won't listen to their parents, but they will listen to their peers. And nobody had a better peer than Tom Brady. On the other hand, Tom Brady didn't draft players. He didn't cut players. He didn't sign free agent players. Um, he just benefited from all that. That was Belichick's deal. Uh, every player you ever talked to over the years about uh, making a transition from one team to the Patriots will say the same thing. And that there, there is a level of expectation in New England that, that exceeds everywhere else they played uh, in terms of the preparation, especially. But also, you know, you're in New England now. We do things our way. Uh, we're pretty good at it. And if you don't like the way we do things, we can we can find another place for you. Um, there was no other organization in football during their time together. Where, where they had that kind of uh, authority to say that. You know, we're the Patriots. We have a way. You're lucky to be here. And if you don't do it the way we want you to do it, we'll find somebody else. Uh, and they, they were able to win with all kinds of guys, um, from total team guys like Brady to guys like Randy Moss, Corey Dillon. They all came in and they bent to Bill. Uh, I don't know you can say that about too many other coaches in the history of the game. Uh, so anyway, long answer, short question. I, I don't see either guy as benefiting or, or losing out from, from having or not having the other. They needed each other equally. Uh, but, but, but let me ask you this then. That, I mean, that, that, that's all fair and makes perfect sense. I don't, think, uh, I don't think that anybody could disagree with those points. But if a player can come to the end of the line, and, and obviously most of the time this is due to age and father time catching up with you, sometimes it can be injury. 
Can a coach start to decline? Sure, absolutely. And maybe we're seeing that with Belichick. He'll be he'll be 71 in April, Tom. And he's been at this night and day for a very, very, very long time. Uh, it's, it's only normal for, for that to happen. I Sure. I mean, coaches burn out just like players get knee injuries. Um, and maybe that's on him. Um, that, that play, that disastrous play the other day, um, had the league, or at least fans, laughing at the New England Patriots. I don't remember the last time anybody laughed at the mm. New England Patriots. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was what was happening. And uh, Belichick's famous attention to detail um, w- was nowhere to be found on that play. Sure, So sure, I, I, at age 70, after all the years he's put into this, uh, entirely possible that age has caught, uh, has caught up to him. Well, you know, where he's catching the most heat is, um, you know, he is always, and there's a fabulous article. I've got to go back. I read it this morning. There's a fabulous article written by somebody who covers a team for Yahoo Sports. And it it wasn't coming after Belichick. Basically, the premise of the story was Robert Kraft needs to start treating Belichick the way Belichick treats players. And what he meant by that was, you know, Uh, in summation is that Belichick has always said, you know, famously, just do your job, number one. And number two is we're always going to do what's best for the team. They've cut players, you know, like Lawyer Malloy comes to mind. I mean, they're cutting guys like the season opener who have been Pro Bowl players, and they're they're running this guy out. They're bringing this guy in. Uh, They rarely ever draft anymore because they trade away picks, blah, blah, blah. All that's well documented. But – the, the, the premise of the story had to do with Matt Patricia, who over the last number of years was the head coach for the Detroit Lions. He left uh, New England as defensive coordinator to take that head coaching job. Belichick brings him back and as a defensive guy makes him the play caller and the offensive coordinator and that he has stunted the growth, potentially the growth, of the quarterback Matt Jones. I think that's a fair criticism. I think it's absolutely fair because uh... – Matt Patricia was a, a lousy head coach in Detroit. Belichick brought him back and, and put him in a situation that I'm not sure he's ever been in. I mean, he's a defensive coordinator. At least that's where he made his reputation. And, and he, and he puts, puts him on the other side of the ball to coach a young quarterback. That, that smacks of, uh, of grand Bill Belichick arrogance. Um, I can do that because, and nobody else can because I'm Bill Belichick and, and I know what I'm doing. I, yeah, in, in terms of, of Kraft stepping in and saying this is not working, um, I, I think that makes perfect sense. And I would also say good luck with that, Bob. Um, Belichick has been Belichick for a long time and been very good at it. And, and to try to tell him what to do and how to do it at this stage of the game, um, you can try. You know, you are the owner. Uh, but but um, good luck with that. Do you think this game has all the makings of that, that proverbial trap game for the Bengals, or do you think that this team and this franchise is beyond that now? They have their sights set on bigger things, and that there's not going to be at least a mental letdown. You're going to have physical mistakes, but, but you know the, 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 the Bengals are a different breed now than they once were. I don't think any team is beyond a trap game, Tom. I, I think any team is, is, is through the course of an 18-week season, 
any team is going to ride the emotional ups and downs. Uh, some teams are good enough the talent gets them through. I mean, the Bengals went through it in Cleveland, played a terrible game in, in Cleveland not too long ago. Uh, this game has that potential. Of course, we said the same thing last week. It didn't happen. Um, they, they, once again, they, they, they got a few more guys hurt. Um, they're, they're going to be on the road in a, a hostile weather environment for sure against another desperate team. Um, uh, if Belichick can't get his team's attention now, given what happened last weekend and the fact that they're seven and seven, uh, I don't know what can. I think it's a really dangerous game. I, I haven't picked, I picked the Bengals to lose twice all year, Tom. I might pick them to lose this one too, just because human nature being what it is, you can't be great every week of an NFL season, nor can you be completely healthy and great every week of an NFL season. Um, I think there's big potential for them to lose this game, and, and really, in in the big picture, so what? It, it might be good if they if they lose a game at this stage, but uh, I, yeah, I definitely think the potential is there. New England has a really good defense. Cool, the offense not very good. Defense is really good. Um, the Pro Bowl players and rosters were announced yesterday. I mentioned earlier, three Bengals are there. No surprise. Uh, Burrow and Chase. A, a little bit of surprise for me, Hendrickson, but, but you know, that's just me. Uh, I am really surprised. Even though he missed a few games uh, this season injured, I'm really surprised that DJ Reader and T. Higgins are not Pro Bowl players. Are you surprised? And, and a lot of people argue Jermaine Pratt the same, but the linebacking position has changed so much you're looking at sacks instead of just regular linebacker play as we know it is old old time guys yeah i don't i'm not surprised by either i don't i don't think you could you could give a, a pro bowl nod to a, a guy who's missed six games i mean it's not dj reader's fault he was hurt but he's missed six games uh you know and they've only played 14 so Miss almost half a year and, and get a Pro Bowl nod ahead of other. No, I, that one didn't surprise me. It's not that he's not a really good player or that he hasn't helped them a lot since he came back. He has. I mean, look at the numbers that, that their defense has put up against the run uh, when uh, after Reader has returned. Um, the other one, Higgins, I, I don't know, Tom. Jalen Waddle didn't make it either. He has better numbers in DJ than, uh, than, than T. Higgins. Mm -hmm. Um uh, T. Higgins is not better, not better than Tyreek Hill. He's not better than the kid in Buffalo. Um, I don't know. Not that one. That one didn't really surprise okay. me. I, I, I think he suffers from the fact that he plays with two other guys that are that are pretty damn good. You know, when yeah. you have Tyler Boyd and, and and Jamar Chase on your team, you're not going to get as many balls as you might have gotten if you, if you don't have one or or both of those guys. Um, a little surprised, I really by, by Chase. His numbers don't suggest that that he's a Pro Bowl. He's a great player, and he was hurt too a few days or a few games. But uh, if you look at his numbers, there are guys with better numbers that didn't that didn't make it, including T. Higgins. So, I, given that there's not even a game anymore, and these guys are are, are probably glad that that they didn't make it. You know, I'm like, wow, I, I get that. I get to have a week off instead of having to go to Orlando or wherever the hell they play that game now um, and, and and be in skills competitions, right? Wow. Yeah. Can't wait to yeah. see that. 
Uh, two other topics I want to hit before uh, before we let you get out of here. Um, you wrote in the morningline.substack.com yesterday about the situation I had asked you about involving the media and Giovanni Bernard. I don't know if you saw, but the young lady, the reporter, uh, I believe her last name is Lane, and I even responded to her on Twitter today. Uh, she came out with a very long apology that she went back and looked at everything that happened. She went to Giovanni Bernard and apologized to him before she posted anything on Twitter, which that's a welcome change in pace just in and of itself. But I admire the fact that she stood up to the whole thing, said I screwed up and, uh, and I'm sorry and, and we'll try to move on. Yeah. You, you have any reaction to that, that she did that or none oh, whatsoever? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it, people in this business, in the journalism business, say you really don't want to know how the sausage gets made, and, and and that's true in a lot of cases, most of which don't see the light of day. I, the the problems I had with her were, were were not that she asked the question to Gio after the game in terms of his role in screwing up that fake punt. That's a question that had to be asked. Uh, nobody's going to falter for that. The problem was that she didn't like the answer. Uh, Giovanni Bernard might be obligated after a game or a couple times a week in the in the locker room to to answer questions from the press. He's not obligated to give them the answers they want. Um, that incident and the fact that they chose to run all of it, all the video, had such a kind of a gotcha element to it that it didn't do my profession any favors and, and makes me understand why people a lot of people don't like the media very much uh, the fact that she apologized for it good on her i mean for all the beating that that the press takes in this country i, I think to a very large extent most of the people in the mainstream media are pretty good at owning up to stuff far more than in almost any other profession you can name certainly politicians. Um, so the fact that she apologized and then apologized to him personally speaks a lot to, to her character. And hopefully she learned from that, that, you know, ask it once and, and let it go. And um, life goes on, you know, it's like I said, it's making sausage sometimes, Tom. It's not the prettiest thing in the world. All right, the last thing I have to ask you about, because inside of our chat on the program, we have hundreds, if not thousands, that are on here, and the only thing they want to talk about is that lid you're wearing today, Keystone <laughs> Light. Yes, it is one of my prized possessions, Tom. Not only is it a Keystone Light, but as you might be, might be able to see, it is a Keystone Light hat signed by one Kenny Anderson. How about who, like that? like myself is a connoisseur of the product. But, let, In but fact, you know, Kenny, now, Doc, I got to tell you, you know, one thing, I mean, I believe me, I am a beer guy. I love drinking beer. Um, and we talk about the different beers on this show on a semi-regular basis. But I thought you would become one of those sort of fancy beer guys, you know, where you go to the, all these breweries and stuff and they're making their own stuff with five and six and seven and nine percent alcohol in it. Um, I thought that was you. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a mixture at this point. I, I, I'm a big fan of craft breweries. I, I love Rheingeist. Um, um, but. 
I can't I can't drink craft beers when I'm cutting the grass, right? I I, I can I, I can down a six or a keystone in an hour while cutting the grass and, and feel like I just had club soda all afternoon. It's a beautiful thing, Tom. It, believe and, me, and it the is. Fact that I go by the name. Uh, I like to go by the nickname of Johnny Thin Wallet, and <laughs> I, I can still buy a thirty pack of Keystone Light for less than fifteen bucks. And there's nothing at all wrong with that. No. In fact, Kenny Anderson told me once that that a certain establishment on Hilton Head Island, where he lives, uh, would order a couple of cases of Keystone Light every month just for Kenny. How's that? You know you have swag in your own hometown when the store that you frequent orders a beer just for you. Amen. Especially Amen. one I mean, as fine and rare as Keystone Light. That's what being, being a regular is all about. And, and you know what? Um, uh, we had asked Kenny Anderson about being on the show last week for our big interview we do on Wednesdays. He was packing up his entire house sold it in Hilton Head and is moving back to Cincinnati full time. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in fact, I think he's wow. driving right now back today as we speak to be back here uh for the Christmas holidays. And, and I just I, I told well, uh, our audience the other day, Tim Crumry just moved back to town. Him and yeah. his family. Yeah, he did. Right. So well, I'm stuff. happy to report for Kenny there's no shortage of Keystone Light in the uh, stores around. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I, hey, look, I, 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 you remember the beer Buckhorn? Do you remember that beer? No. All right. Well, that's, you know, that was a regular for us in college. I thought they made it in uh, Pennsylvania. Buckhorn. That's a man's beer. Yeah. 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 All of right. <laughs> All right, Doc. Have a great weekend, man. Thanks for your time. All right, Tom. You as well. Talk to you later. And Merry Christmas. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Thank you. See, you, you get it all covered with Doc. You know what I mean? You can talk about the serious stuff, the sports. But, I mean, our audience was, was blowing up. Uh, Everett, Tom is a black cherry claw man. Give me a break. Not a white claw guy, Tom? No, I'm not. They drink that at Miami of Ohio. Nooners. I mean, come on, guys. We've been on this show long enough now. Steve says Tom drinks White Claws. I mean, come on, fellas. Look, I mean, you can take a lot of shots at me and all of them, okay, uh, or a lot of them, uh, probably hold. But that's not one of them. I mean, that's not one Many of them. Many people are asking if leaders of men drink Keystone. It all depends on who they are. It all depends on who they are. I have really been wrestling with that whole thing. And, uh, and I still haven't come to a rock-solid conclusion yet as to which one is more important. The more I wrestle with it, I'm starting to swing back the other way. That you can be a leader of men, okay? But it, if for my criteria to make up a real man, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Because, I mean, you know, there have been some leaders out there that, that you necessarily would you want to be them. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Their character flaws, and we all have them, 
Each and every one of us has multiple thousands of times a day. You, you can be a leader of men, but still have some major character flaws that don't necessarily make you a real man. <laughs> Boy, you talk about tired. <laughs> this is tired. We got to add the tired button in here, Casey. I can't yeah, believe Sharon. Bad. Sharon is showing up. Of course, she's here today because Tracy Jones is coming on later. And she says, Tom strikes me as a guy who loves fruity drinks. Sharon, you have just absolutely sent a dagger right through my heart with that comment. I am in no form, shape, fashion, any of it, a fruity drinks guy. You're a Miller, right? Well, I, I drink them all. I, I, I'm not a big craft beer guy. Because I'm like Doc. You know, I can sit down and drink some beer now. I mean, I can really drink beer. You can ask my buddies, okay? I mean, really drink. Sit down and I mean, just, you know, have at it. So whether that's, you know, anything from, from Coors Light to Coors Light to Heineken and everything in between, I can drink them all and enjoy them all. Uh, but the, the, the craft beers, you know, you have, you have two or three of those craft beers with as much alcohol as in those things, and all of a sudden you're like, man, you know, this is not where I want to be after two or three beers, mm. you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. If you're sitting out by a fire pit and you have eight, nine, or 12 Coors Lights or more, <laughs> you're all right. You're all right. Yeah. But you, you drink three, four of those, uh, those craft beers, and all of a sudden you're looking around and you're like, man, I think all these guys are hanging out with me the rest of the night. Matt from Headlines out there wants to know who's on your Mount Rushmore of leaders of men. I got to give that serious thought. Would it just be Mount Rushmore? I got to give that serious uh, Bill Belichick is certainly on that Mount Rushmore. Is George leaders Washington? Of men. Well, of course, George Washington. Are you kidding? Well, I just He's the ultimate leader of men. Talked about that yesterday. All right. Um, I just can't believe some of these guys I thought were my friends. Of course, I've gone through that for two years now. People you thought were your friends that really aren't your friends. But I thought some of these new friends, recently uh, acquired friends, were my friends. And some of the things they're saying, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's appalling. It's appalling. <laughs> About white claws. Have you stuff. ever had a white claw? No. See, okay. Okay. Never had one and have no interest in one. Just have one. I've had a sip. And I tell you the other thing, some of these buddies of mine are drinking because they're alcohol drinkers, right? Not necessarily all beer drinkers. And I can mix in, you know, a little bourbon, a little gin and tonic occasionally, a little um, Irish whiskey, right? I can mix all those things in occasionally. But, but they're making these things now, I guess, where they're basically, let's just say for argument, a gin and tonic that's already made and it comes in a can. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, no. Yeah, and, and these guys swear they're really good. I don't know. I have no idea. Sir Boy Wonder says, Tom, I thought we were friends. I did too, Sir Boy Wonder. That's why I'm making the comment. You ever had a high noon? Again, a sip. They're good. High noons are good. Oh. They're good. Oh, my God. They're not. They're, they're vodka-based. They're good. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm not, that's the only liquor that I really don't like is vodka. 
So what? Not a vodka guy. So, you know, those are out. Bourbon, whiskey? Oh, yeah, like I said, bourbon, you know, a little rum, gin and tonic every now and again, Irish whiskey, all good, all good. Vodka, right in the tank. All right. <laughs> we got uh, Tracy Jones coming up at 1130. Uh, what are we thinking about today, Case? You doing okay? You've been very quiet. No shot clock has been turned on yet. No. Do we need to turn it on, or, or, or are you okay? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just uh, saving and biding my time. For to just not use to, to not have the shot clock. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> have we even shown that yet? Have done the even, shot clock? We've done yeah, it. Have we even? Yeah, I've used it once on you. You have? Oh God, that's an indictment on me if you didn't even realize I used it. <clears throat> well, we've we've scared Casey so bad now he doesn't even want to. Casey. No, here, here's See, what I'm saying. Have we traumatized you, Casey? not good because no. Casey has good takes. It might take him a little while to get there sometime, <laughs> thus the shot clock. I mean, we all admit that. He admits it. He's over there laughing about it, all right? But, you know, this is like, and Casey's not a child, but I'm saying that this is like a child who, you know, maybe has some, some he's a little shy and oh, come out of his shell, and, you know, all of a sudden you start, you know, pounding away on him, and then he never does. So we can't have that happen. No. No, listen, listen. But Here's the what. advent of the shot clock was probably a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, sometimes I need it. I'm looking for him to, to, to hit the buzzer because I've just. Oh, look at oh, that. Oh, look at that. Oh. You could put that here as you just did, Brandon Seho. You could put it here and leave it here for a month. For five months. For nine months. Well, turn it, turn it around so we don't give him product placement. Yeah, that's <laughs> There we go. <laughs> Black cherry. That's a good flavor. That's, that's the best flavor. Black cherry. Take a sip, Tom. Just take a sip. No, take a sip of no, it. Live no, taste no, test. No. Is no, it cold? I'm not giving this, is it not cold? Giving this, this, this outfit pub. Come on. A do a live taste test. Shotgun it, Tom. No, loaded with sugar. Crack it. <laughs> no. We got a no, remote show tomorrow. No, no, it's no, basically no. Friday. Take it's basically Friday. sparkling water with a hint. Of black cherry. When you have anything with alcohol that that has the word hint in it, some O U T out. See you end up. That's it. Got some tones. All right, I want to talk about this Pro Bowl thing a little bit. Okay, I do. I want to get out of black cherry and Pro Bowl. I mean, uh, it's all this nonsense. All right. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm called a. I'm called a hater. Yeah, I want to talk about Pro Bowl, too, though. Okay. You know, Doc brings up a great point uh, about Jamar Chase. We all agree Jamar Chase is one of the top two, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL. That, 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 that's a no-brainer, no doubter. Maybe you like the kid in Minnesota Jefferson a little bit better. That's fine. Maybe things you like about Tyreek Hill a little better. That's fine. But Chase did miss, what, four games this year. They went 3-1 and one without him. Okay, his numbers, because of missing the games, aren't what T. Higgins' numbers are. Right. And Higgins was nicked up early in the year. Had a concussion the first week on the cheap shot against Pittsburgh. Um, first of all, let's start with this. Are either one of you surprised that any of the three Bengals who made the Pro Bowl Let's take Burrow out because nobody's surprised by that, okay? Take Burrow out. But are you surprised that Chase and Hendrickson made the Pro Bowl? 
Um, initially, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. But when you look at, like, the sack leaders, um, you don't really see – you don't really see Hendrickson at the top of the list. I mean, he, he's – he, he's really far down. I I don't I know he's more than just a a sack type player. I mean, I'm trying to find him. I I can't even find him in the top twenty five. Am I missing him? No, you're not missing him. You're not missing him at all. He's forty fifth in the league, tied with a whole bunch of players, but forty fifth. And when you consider the fact that he has six sacks on the year, okay, he got four and a half of those in two games. He had the one game where he was a defensive player of the week against the Jets where he had two and a half sacks and he forced two fumbles. And he had two sacks in the most recent game on the 20th of November against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So if you go back since the third game of the year when they got their first win of the year against the Jets and he had that monster game, he has two, three-and-a-half sacks ever since September. Now, does he cause a lot of pressures? No doubt. Has he played the run well? No doubt. But I'm a little surprised Hendrickson's in the Pro Bowl. Paul, are you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that catch you off guard here, there. Well, here's I what just, I, here's what I would say. Why isn't Hubbard in there? It's a good Hubbard's, point. Hubbard's had a way better season. Doesn't Hubbard have more sacks in him? I think he, he had, does. He has six a half, and a half, right? He has six and okay. a half. Yeah, and Hubbard Hubbard has been fantastic. And then DJ Reader. That's a guy for me, and Doc presents a great point he missed whatever it was five or six games so how are you going to put a guy in the pro bowl that's missed you know half the season a little less than half the season that's a legitimate point but um he's been the most valuable player on this defense they missed him the most when he was gone he's made the most impact when he's there and the numbers don't lie is there something that has your guys attention over there that i'm missing no, I'm, Paul's got I'm, that grin on his face. Like, oh he's no, enough. I'll be, I'll just be honest with you, Tom. Sometimes in sports, you got to pick and choose what you invest your time in. And I'll be completely honest with you. I did not give two seconds of my attention on God's green earth to the pro bowl. That's fair enough. I could not care less about the pro bowl. That's fair enough. Now here's the thing about the pro bowl. I it's been, it is significantly different than what it was. Well, is ago. there? It's not even a. It's not even a Pro Bowl. Like, like this is basically just an All Star team. That's and right. That's, that's right. Like it's. But are they even doing that? Like well, what like is last, it? Now? Last year it was dodgeball, and now this year it's flag football. So, so they are actually going to do something. There is a game, but it's flag football. Okay. All right. Okay. But that's. I'm just surprised a team like the Bengals only had three players, and in fairness, Buffalo only has three. And that's kind of a surprise, too, honestly. Yep. Kansas City has seven. We mentioned that earlier. So, okay, Pro Bowl. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about th this Bengals game this weekend. Uh, Zach Taylor made the comment, trending in the right direction. Um, 
optimistically trending in the right direction. For all these players that are injured and the possibility they might play uh, day after tomorrow on Saturday in New England. So that is what we will address. No more White Claws. No more High Noons. D-U-N done. Ham and Eggers, take it away. It's that type of the show, the Ham and Eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. And so... <laughs> We, I always, I love the little swipe that we get open into the show when the door shuts. Uh, Casey, you have something that I had not heard of that you introduced to me yesterday that if there's anybody else on this show that's listening into this that doesn't know what this is, I was wildly entertained by this. And I don't know how, as somebody that spends like the majority of my life on Twitter, I don't know how I've missed this. Well, have you ever, chat, heard? Of the Bingle Boys. Well, you're about to find out right here. All right. Throw it up there. Can we do a Tom Petty song? That's what I would like. Let's do this thing, Bingle right. Boys. Gonna win that game for you, baby. Try finding a way to throw around them. Play action, shotgun, anything to get a clip on up and out It won't really matter to me, Brady. Coming from the jungle of Cincinnati. Cause you Will he stay up to pace with his Adam's expectations? Jesse, make a little promise to Kay. I think it's time for the big takeaway. Cause you won't get to throw it cause it came in three. So yesterday we're sitting here and Casey goes, hey, Paul, the, the Bengal boys got a new drop. And I said, what? Who are they and what do they do? And he showed me this video and I was blown away. So Casey, thank you for introducing me and maybe anybody else in the chat that hadn't heard of the Bengal boys. Yeah. That was and elite. They've been doing this since last year, maybe even a year before that. So two or three years. And they do a video, a music video <laughs> once a week. Once a week. So they do this every week. Is that how it works? Yeah, do pretty they much. And they, they – it is elite. It, it, it's, this next week is about Eli Apple. Oh, really? Yeah. Have they, done, <laughs> have they done it already? Is it out? I don't think it's out. Oh, okay. It's they, to just be said, they just said that it was going to be out. Yeah, Friday. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Okay. The heck did I just miss? What is this the Bengal Boys. All the, uh, Miller, Miller – oh, boy, it's even cold. How about that? Crack it. Crack it. No. We got stuff to do today. Because once I start, well, what are you guys talking about? Why is Kay Adams blowing up the chat? You guys been talking about her? No, we, we were talking about Bengal Boys. 
Kay please, Adams was in the video. Please tell Bengal me. Bengal boys. Please oh, no. tell me you know who Bengal boys are. I have no idea. Oh. Uh, I can't, I'm not going to roll the same video again. No, but. roll it again. Let's see it. Let me see it. We're going to talk <laughs> about it. Let me see it. What let, is Bengal let me find, boys? Let me find I can't a wait clip. to see this. Let me find a They're different one. They're not an advertiser. Quick. These guys are out. Go ahead. Let me find a different one real quick. All right. So they're popular, obviously, right? Bengal boys? Yeah. So the premise of their their channel is that they make a very short music video related to the Bengals, but they take like Tom Petty songs okay. or different different songs and mix them. Okay. So here's an example. Okay. Let's hear it. Little Hall of Notes. Big League Band. Real music. Mix in a little saxophone. No matter what day or night, he'll always find the spotlight. Super Bowl ring, he's earned one twice before. Blocking or talking. I got to tell you, these guys are big league. They are. I mean, they are big league. So they do this, what, every day, every week, what? Every week. Boy, I mean, the they season. are big time. They can sing. They got some rhythm. They're creative, smart. So Bengal boys, that's what they go by, the Bengal boys? The Bengal boys. I got to tell you. I mean, you They're, get an A-plus from off the bench. They... Like to spot like a player. So, like, that one was about Ted Karras. Oh, really? You tell me something? I haven't figured that out. But Go ahead. this week, they're doing Eli Apple. Really? Yeah. Super excited about that one. That'll be a good one. Those guys are fantastic. They, I mean, I, I tell you, especially the first dude, uh, really good singer. So, Kay Adams was in one of these? Is that what, what I'm reading in the chat? Uh, so, Kay Adams. Or just, it was about her. Kind of. I mean, the the first one was about Jesse Bates III, but Kay Adams had requested that they do one with Tom Petty, like a Tom Petty song. So I got you. Okay. So she word. knows all about it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, uh, cut, you know, Cutter, Cutter says, uh, I could really do without that. It's silly. Okay. I mean, Cutter, come on. We're trying to lighten things up a little bit. Um I like that Kay Adams. She does a good job. My buddy Peter Schrager 
was with her for a long, long time uh, on that morning show. And she, she knows her stuff. Paul Dougherty made the comment he, he would not be surprised if the Bengals lost this week. I was stunned by that comment. And I feel like we had this conversation yesterday that they're a desperate team. I know Starscream doesn't like that, but they have what we worry about, a really good pass rush. And that's all that really is our weakness, is two really good, solid edge rushers. And I know I brought this up earlier. Jonah Williams has been playing way better since after the bye week. But Collins has been getting worse. Slowly but surely getting worse and worse, which is unfortunate that he might just be losing a step by getting older, having a bunch of injuries. He's just late into the season, and he's facing Matthew Judon, who I think is second or third in sacks. I just looked it up earlier. I think he's second. And then uh, Uche, or I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's U-C-H-E. Those two are going to be the, the factor in this game. Um, and the, with the way they've been playing, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough game. And I know we say that just about every week, but this one spe- specifically is with Bill Belichick. He's going to find a way to scheme them or something. He, he's going he's gonna to have a good game plan. I, I just know. Well, you know, the thing is, and Doc brought it up, um, they haven't, and you just touched on it too, kid. They haven't. They have overall. They have a really good defense. But at the end of the day, you know, you ask yourself, okay, well, let's say they 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 play very well defensively against the Bengals. Now the X factor is always turnovers. I mean, it really is. If there's one stat out there, and we've talked about this on this show, in a game and in a sport. And in the sports world in general, which is just over overblown in every way, shape, or form with stats and numbers and analytics and all that other stuff, if you had to pick one stat, and there are outliers like any statistical category, okay? But one stat, more times than not, will tell you, if you only looked at that stat, didn't look at the score, no nothing. If you win the turnover batter, you normally win the game. So, you know, if the Bengals go in there, turn it over three times, twice, Patriots get a couple of easy touchdowns, now all of a sudden you're reeling a little bit and you're in trouble. But that Patriots offense is just simply not very good. Uh, The article I referred to earlier, I would highly recommend you go look it up. If you just go Google Bill Belichick, uh, all the recent stories about him will come up on that first page. And there's one there on googlesports.com. Uh, about what we were talking with with Paul Doherty, and that is to do with um, uh, Bill Belichick and his hiring of Matt Patricia as offensive coordinator, despite the fact that Patricia his entire life has been a defensive guy, and how that has stunted the progression of Mac Jones. Some might disagree with that, but Mac Jones has not gotten better. In fact, he has certainly taken steps backwards, and he's fought through some injuries this year and all that kind of thing. Um but they, they, they drew the parallel of Mac Jones and not having, not supported by the proper offensive coaching that he needed as a young quarterback when, when Daniel Jones came out of Duke as a first-round pick and went to the Giants. 
And now Jones is starting to make progress in the first year under an offensive guy in Dable. I just look at this game and I think to myself that unless you turn it over two, three, four times, there is no way, as good as the Bengals' defense is, there's no way that the Bengals are going to be outscored by the New England Patriots. It's just not going to happen. And I might eat my words come uh, Monday morning. Yeah, and Starscream actually kind of brings up a good point here. Desperation can also sometimes lead to mistakes. So the more desperate they are and the more mistakes that they create, I mean, the Bengals just got on a really good hot streak here with a bunch of turnovers or takeaways, I should say. The defense got a bunch of takeaways this last game. They do the same thing against Patriots. It's, it's a wrap. You know, they, they, they're going to win the turnover battle. They're going to win the game. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what it's going to come down to, I think. I think you're right, Tom. It's going to come down to turnovers and – Bengals don't really make a lot of turnovers. Well, I mean, you know, they, they've had, everybody has the game or two. I mean, you know, just look no further than what happened to the team they took advantage of last week. I mean, after that first half, who saw that coming? Four turnovers in 11 plays? Freaky stuff happens. I got to imagine, and, and Doc made reference to it, knowing what we know about the weather. What are they saying it's going to be in New England? I mean, if it's bad here, it's got to be brutal oh, be there, brutal. right? No, it's actually a balmy 35 in New England this week. What? Yeah. For the game? Yeah. No, really? Yeah. You're it, kidding me. Yeah. Yep. I got to look that up. Wow. Yeah, yeah we, I thought you were in here, Casey. Reed and I were talking about that yesterday. Yeah. It's. I don't know what the, the real feel is, but, yeah, it's supposed to be um, not like. Well, I think it's changed. Oh, has it? <laughs> it's going to be sunny on Saturday. I looked up Boston. I didn't look up Foxborough. It's right down the road. Yeah, 21. Okay, but it's still not negative two. Well, that twenty that's 21 real temp. But, feels like I mean, eight. 21 feels awesome. like what? Eight. So that's, it, that's rough. It did cool down. But it's sunny. It's not snowing. Yeah, that's true. 14-mile-an-hour winds? Yep. Uh, so, you know... Um, they're saying that, you know, the front is moving southeast more than northeast, but that's still damn cold. I mean, eight degrees is cold. And these guys playing it all the time. So, you know, you get used to it. So I would imagine it'd be interesting to know how hard, you know, I always found it interesting when you talk to quarterbacks and of, of, of all the great quarterbacks you can name, the one I've happened to be able to spend the most time around personally is Troy Aikman. And Aikman, you know, started his early life in Oklahoma. Weather's not great. His family moves out to California. He comes back to Oklahoma for college, gets hurt, goes back out to UCLA. The rest is history. But for him, he used to talk about how uh, the win was never a factor. He had the arm strength where he could cut it loose, let it go, and it was going to get there where he wanted. Rain was a different animal. And you might say, duh. But there are some quarterbacks you talk to where they'll say, you know what, the rain, uh, a wet football doesn't bother me at all. I don't know if I've ever heard really Joe Burrow talk much about that. Have either of you? No, I have no. not heard it. No, I haven't either. Although I haven't had a chance to listen to – did they have a press conference? They did uh, two nights ago, I think. Uh, yeah, I – don't they usually have one like Thursdays though? Yeah, now I li they're traveling. I listened to it right before the the Xavier game the other night. 
uh, Joe was available. I don't know who else was or yeah. what the deal was, but I, I was sitting there eating dinner listening to it. Yeah, I think he, they probably would have brought it up, though, like this Thursday. Don't they usually have one like on Thursdays? Yeah. Okay, well, maybe yeah, maybe somebody will ask him about it. I don't know. Maybe somebody has asked him about it in the past. I mean, you know, he was a kid that grew up in Athens, Ohio, so the weather, you know, just like it is here, uh, when you get to the end of a high school football season, he never really got to play much at Ohio State, but he practiced in this stuff. Goes down to LSU, and weather's good, and he's played here and played very well in cold weather games before. Uh, in fact, some of his worst games have come in great weather. Uh, go back to the season opener against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I don't think anybody worries about Joe Burrow being affected by the cold weather much. Um, and, and I would suspect, you know, New England, they don't want to get in a track meet because they just don't have the firepower. I would imagine offensively, you know, the, the real key to the game, I think, is again – how does it play out early in the game? If New England can get up and effectively start running the ball, I know the Bengals' run game defensive numbers have been really good the second half compared to the first half, and a lot of that has to do with D.J. Reader. But there have been times this year where teams have run the ball well against the Bengals. Kansas City ran the ball well against the Bengals. They just didn't run it a lot. But they ran the ball very well. We saw earlier this year Cleveland – just marched all over. So for the entirety of the season, the numbers are very good. But there are examples of teams being able to run the ball against this team effectively. And I have to believe that is strategy number one for Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia coming into this game. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. I, I also think the Bengals are going to try to make them one-dimensional. Um, I think they're going to try to exploit Mac Jones struggling, try to make him throw the ball, do their best to just limit the run game. I expect it to be a lot like the Cleveland game, honestly. I think that's the, gonna, the, the most recent one. That's going to be the comparison I would give to this game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any stretch of the means. I think it's going to be a pretty decent game, but I think they – are very similar in that Patriots want to run the ball, use play action, and they have a pretty decent front. They can get after the passer. Yep. I think all those are marks of the the Browns. Um, and we'll see we'll see how they do defensively. I think obviously the Patriots aren't the Browns. They don't have that stellar offensive line and Nick Chubb. They've got Ramondre. Oh boy. <laughs> Wow. wow. Keep going, Casey. No, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I made my point. USA veteran just popped in the house. Always a pleasure, young man. Salute all those serving our country who are gone from their families and friends during the holidays. Boy, I mean, are you working the clock? I was. Do you work that for Xavier games when they're down to the last <laughs> 8, 10, 12 seconds of games? I do not. Maybe I should. <laughs> Give him an extra. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> they already got somebody like you running that clock down there. All right. Do, well, what other little features do we have here today? Because we got the tracer coming up here shortly, and I want to get in some of these things that you guys work so very hard at. So well, what do we have going on today? Uh, well, I've got uh, some 
Casey actually gave us a this day in history. If we want to do that. Let's do that. Okay. Casey, what do we got? Paul? Yep, Casey put these together. Credit to Casey for, oh, for doing this. I, I'll preface. Some of it's not very good, but some Casey, of it is decent. Casey, Why Casey. would you do that? Go just, ahead. Just I tear you it. down with the shot clock. I'm trying to build you back up no, here with I, the just, credit I'm for this. I'm being honest. I'm just being brutally honest about it. I'm not happy with it, but go well, ahead. Well, there's some good ones. All right. Uh, 1894, the USGA, the United States Golf Association, was formed in New York. That was pre-1900. 1943, manufacturers get permission for the synthetic rubber for the baseball. 1943? Yeah, so what baseballs are used today, that's – it was um, – That was after the live ball era, though. The live ball era was 1920, right? So was, would this have been a World War II type manufacturing? I probably should have looked into Probably this. was if you were a betting man, without a doubt. Good thing I'm not a betting man. 1953, Jack Dunn III, the owner of the Baltimore Orioles in the International League, turns yeah. turns the name over. Oh, to the St. Louis Browns. That was back in 1953. Well, we, uh, in case you might be on to something here. A little short so far. Go ahead. I, I try, it was pretty dry. I mean, come on. The well Go was ahead. very dry. Go ahead. 1969, this is the last one. Pistol Pete set the NCAA record. Hit 30 of his 31 foul shots. In a there game. we go. Now, Pistol Pete Maravich for the younger generation out there. And my dad will tell you because he watched him play when Pistol Pete was in college. His father, Press Maravich, was a head coach at LSU. Now, bear in mind, okay, remember these two things. When Pistol Pete Maravich played college basketball, three things keep in mind. Number one, freshmen could not play. They had a JV team. All colleges did. North Carolina, LSU, all of them. So, he only played three years of college basketball. He was by far the highest scoring, and still is, player in the history of college basketball. He's considered to be the greatest ball handler of all time and one of the greatest offensive talents of all time. Number two, no shot clock back then. Okay? So, teams could hold the ball to keep him from getting it. Three, no three-point shot, okay? So he played three years, not four, okay? He had a, no, there wasn't a shot clock and there was no three-point shot, no such thing. This guy averaged 44 points per game in his college career. Pistol Pete Maravich. If you can go back and look at video, he's known for the floppy socks. He wore these socks that looked like they were 100 years old, and they would just, you know, settle down around his ankles. He's wheeling and dealing. The guy was unbelievable. I saw him play one time at the end of his pro career. He had a lot of injuries when he got to the pros. And then he tragically died as a young man in his very early 40s. He had a heart defect, which he did not know about, no one knew about, and he dropped dead in a pickup game playing basketball. Pistol Pete Maravich. What a player. He might be the greatest offensive player in the history of basketball. And that's saying something. I mean, the dude was only like six, what is he, 6'2"? Something like that, maybe. Maybe not even that tall. And lighten it up for 44 a night. 6'5 is what Google Okay, 6'5. Well, but yeah, you factor in the no, He was thin, you know, real thin. Um, 
But the way he could handle the ball, the way he could pass, the way he could score was just unbelievable. Uh, you know, with all the play, and I'm not kidding when I say this, because uh, I used to watch him play quite a bit, television, that kind of thing. And everybody talks about Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. I'm not comparing his pro career to those guys. But when he was healthy, I'm not sure he wasn't the greatest offensive basketball player that has ever put on a uniform. 44 a night. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Man. All right, what's on the chat here? Anything worthwhile? Rest in peace. Does the chat have anything that they want to ask us? Any topics? Anything that... Yeah, before we get into would you rather questions, is there anything that they want to talk about? We, have, we haven't pitched the show to the chat here in the last few days, so if there's anything anybody wants to hear from or wants a take on or an opinion that's not a white claw. Well, Emperor makes a great point. They had to wear two or three pairs of socks in those days when he played because those Converse All-Stars, remember those bad boys, those canvas Chuck Taylor rides? That's what those players played on that. It's amazing. And Steve Jones is right. His ball, scandal, uh, ball handling skills were way, way, way ahead of his time. Men, this is a great topic. Off sports. Not about beer, not about white claws, not about all this other nonsense. Real men would never get near a white claw. Um, Christmas. Here we are, three days away, right? The birth of our Lord and Savior. All right. Anything you're expecting or hoping for to get for Christmas? Paul, we start with you. Ooh, what am I hoping? Taylor Swift tickets, maybe? Well, I'm gifting those. Partly. I don't know if she knows she's getting those. She knows that we're going. I think she thinks she's paying for them. She's not paying for them. Let's be real. You know, actually, off of that, Tom, I don't know if you've ever had this, but this is just a little side note. You ever pay for something like the Taylor Swift tickets come to mind for me? That concert's June 30th. Yeah. You pay for these. I paid for those like two months ago. Right. right? You forget about that. The money's out of your account. You've paid off your credit card bill. You show up in June on June 30th. You think to yourself, man, I paid for these like eight months ago. This concert's free. That money doesn't. I forgot about that. No doubt. This concert is free. That's right. I went to a free concert. Go enjoy it. Yeah. I don't, know, I don't know if I'm the only one in the world that thinks like that, but when I pay, pay off an experience eight or nine months ahead of time and then it actually shows up, no. That's, that's a free experience, whatever that is. <laughs> that's how that works. Uh, outside of that, for Christmas, man, what am I what – am I, what am I – I mean, come on. You know, I mean, it, it could be something really – you know, yeah, uh, no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a big material guy. Never have been. Never will be. I, I love giving gifts. I could care less if I got anything. For, I, really, I, I truly mean that. But, you know, there's certain things that you find out, you, you know, you'd like to get because you, you, I'm not, I hate the word need. You don't need anything, right, except food, air, and water, and a little love. But, but – I've had the same dob kid do something you didn't like about that. <laughs> no, I. Uh, just... I mean, is that not the the, no, the quartet no, right. of, of 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 life, right? Yeah. Love, food, shelter, right? Yeah, you're right. Okay. Health, health, air, health, right? Okay. Um, but you know, there are things you need. I don't travel like I used to travel, but I use the same dob kit for like ten years. 
right? And now yeah. all of a sudden, it's you know, you wash it out and it's starting to get all broken up and it's just not, you know. So that would be something that uh, that I would use for sure, even though I don't travel much anymore. So you guys don't have anything like that. Uh, you know what? That's a, that's a good that's a good question, Casey. Casey, I know you want some Bengals tickets for Christmas, don't you? You want to go to Monday Night Football, don't you? Or the Ravens game? Or do you want to go to a playoff game? If you had to pick between those three to get tickets for for Christmas, if Alex said, hey, I'll get you tickets to one of the three, the Bills, the Ravens, or a playoff game, which one would you pick? I mean, obviously a playoff game, right? Well, if it's the first round, I mean, but, okay, here, I'll, I'll pitch this one to you. Would you rather sit at the 50-yard line in the 20th row for the Bills, or would you rather sit in the very last row at the top for a playoff game? Because I would rather not go to a playoff game than sit in the very top row. I'd rather watch it at home. Because you're, if you're at the in the very top row and you're watching the ants run around on the field in 10-degree weather and you're bundled up, like, yeah, it's cool you said you were there, but let me just watch the game. Let me home. be honest with you. Is that I a bad wouldn't, take? I wouldn't sit there. I would just stand. I would just go somewhere where I can stand and watch the game. That's not the question, Casey, he asked but, you. But okay, he asked yeah. you a simple question. 50-yard line, 20 rows up for the Bills or the very top of Paycor for a playoff game. I would go to the playoff game. Okay, there you wow. go. Wow, there we go. Go, there you go. And then you could walk around. Yeah, that's I would just walk somewhere closer and just stand the whole game. Tom, what would you do? Of those two? Yeah. Um, are you like a- I would go to the Buffalo game. I, I just think, look, and, and playoff games are far more important. I just think that the Buffalo game this year is going to be the most anticipated game. The Kansas City game, I said this about before early in the year. But since they've won that game, ripped off six in a row, now the stakes continue to get higher and higher. I think that that game, Monday night, Buck and Aikman in the booth, only game in town, two of the top team Super Bowl contenders in the NFL, maybe the number one seed on the line. I think that game is going to be the most anticipated regular season game the Bengals have played in 25 years. That is going to be a big-time game. you got big-time players. Big-time quarterbacks, big-time stage, that is a game. That is it. Now, the playoff game is more important. I mean, you can lose a Buffalo game, and you're going to play the next week against the Ravens. And so, you know, look, as far as what does it mean in the grand scheme of things, that Buffalo game is a big-time game. Josh Allen rolling into town. Stephon Diggs. Burrow Chase. They got it going on. Yeah. Bengalis! You know, you know how spoiled Bengal fans were last year? In retrospect, look at all the playoff games and how they all came down to the wire. All those games were great. Now, yeah. I know that might not happen this year for the playoffs, but maybe that's why I, I just hold it to more like, duh, because... Every game last year was so close and so just, like, left you out of your seat. Like, you were just excited the whole game or just 
so low, like, oh, we're losing 21 to three against the Kansas City Chiefs, and you came back and won the game. And I don't know. I, I, I think I still would want to be in the playoff game. Okay. I mean, look, there's no right or wrong answer here on this deal. It's a very good question. Very good. Yeah. All right. Do we have anything else before Tracer comes in today? Anything we want to get to? What was the best Christmas present you've ever received? I, I, I don't know. Go ahead. What's the next one? I don't know. There's so many great ones. Oh. Yeah, hang on one second. Oh, we do. We have something here? Yeah. I, oh. I got a would you rather question. For okay. Me. Would you rather? I like this game. And I think our, our, I think our viewers like the, I tell you, Sharon is, is just going off today. Wow. That's she a Tracy is going day. off. It's a Tracy day. Oh, boy. I love Sharon. I mean, my kind of gal. Okay, go ahead. All right, so this is an Ohio State question for you, Tom. Would you rather win the national title against TCU? Oh, boy, that's going to be a hard one. I, I think about that scenario every day. I'm really having a hard time. Go ahead. I haven't even finished it. No, I know, but I just think about that game. I, I, I'm really struggling if, if both those teams win, and I think they're going to win. I think Ohio State and TCU, both as underdogs, are going to win their games. Tom wakes up in night sweats for two reasons. What's he going to talk about after football season, and <laughs> is Ohio State going to beat TCU? <laughs> or do I want him to beat TCU? That's the, that's the thing that sends me into night sweats. Go ahead. All right. So you win the title against TCU, but you lose to Michigan – Three years in a row. No, I mean, end of conversation. Okay. Or. Well, championship. Come on. Yeah. Get or, or you lose to Georgia and you beat Michigan three times in a row. I'd rather be playing for all the marbles, man. Oh, yeah. All the marbles. They lost to Michigan this year. It was brutal. They got their tails kicked. But they're, they're in the hunt. They're right there. Well, and going to a college football playoff of 12 teams. You know, they could lose three years in a row to Michigan and still be in a playoff. It's all you want. Hmm. You know, something we haven't talked about yet on this show. Sonny Dykes. The AP Coach of the Year. Oh. We haven't talked about this yet. Hit that button. Leader of men. No doubt about it. Ultimate leader of men. Just got a new contract. National Coach of the Year. He will have... The Horn Frogs ready to roll. And for all those people out there, look, I mean, Michigan's had a great year. I love Harbaugh as a coach. But for anybody to think that TCU does not have a chance to win that game, you haven't watched them play. They've got a guy who's going to be a, a first-round pick at quarterback. They've got a great offensive line. They've got a running back who's going to go high in the draft a year from now. They've got a wide receiver this year who's going to be a top 10, 12 pick. And their defense, they get after people. Is, is Max Dugan getting first-round hype? Oh, yeah. He's already declared for the draft, which means he's been told without a doubt there'll be a first-round pick. Hmm, that's Damn. interesting. Because you think of the, the top three. You think of the Alabama quarterback. I can't remember his name right now. But Will Levis. Bryce Young. Yeah, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. Now you're talking about Max Dugan. And no, we already determined that Williams wasn't going to be declaring. He's got mm -hmm. one more year, right? Mm -hmm. But, man, that's a – I mean, they're saying Duggan's a top 10, 12 pick. Wow. He can throw it, great arm strength, incredible makeup, can run, tough, winner. 
leader of men. Would Ohio State and Michigan in the national championship big, be the biggest game in college football history? Probably. It'll be the second highest. Re- I read a long article about this, um, and, I, I, and I'm going to come up a little short here, as I normally do. I believe, I could be wrong on this, I believe the highest rated college football game of all time was the Texas-USC championship game that came down. Vince Young, we've all seen it, runs into the end zone, confetti. I think that's a game. Maybe I'm wrong, so bear with me. But the, but, but the premise of the article was that, was that very question. Would, it, would a rematch of Ohio State-Michigan be the highest rated college football game of all time? And the article basically said it's going to be number two. But it's going to be the first one in however long ago that was. That's been 15, 20 years now almost, right? 2007? Whatever, something like that. Six, seven. Six, five, before Fox got the BCS. So it was somewhere in there, 05, 06. Um, So it's been a long time. Um, But look, Ohio State this year, when they did the, uh, the, the most watched college football teams this season, it was by 8,000 miles Ohio State drew the most eyeballs to television this year. Not even close. I mean, not even close was Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, SC, anybody. But Michigan was in the top four. So if Ohio State played Michigan, national championship game, rematch of a game earlier this year, it will blow the doors off anything in college football in a long, long time. Although that game's not going to happen. You don't want that to happen? No. Oh, I want it. I don't know, Tom. I, if I was, if I had the chance, because I, I value the Bengals like you value Ohio State. If I had the option to play the Ravens in the Super Bowl, I would invite that. Over the Steelers? Oh, or the Steelers. Anyone in our division. I would invite that every day. Because how glorious will it be when we just kick their tails? Man, I wouldn't want to risk it. I'll be honest. I don't need to risk it. I, as, oh, I don't need to risk that. I don't know. I would just get so hyped for it. I, I, would, I would think Ohio State fans would want to humiliate Michigan fans. Oh, I think if you stage. asked, the, I, I, I think if you asked most Ohio State fans, would they want to play them again? There is no doubt about that. That's what they're hoping for. Most Ohio State fans are hoping that it will be Ohio State, Michigan in the championship game. But not you, not me, because I, I, I have, I have skin in the game for TCU. I got cash and skin in the game. I love the school. I love what they're all about. I love going down there. It's a phenomenal place. I love the people. And I despise Michigan. So you couple those two things. Hell no, I'm not rooting for Michigan to win that game. You kidding me? I hope they get the doors blown off of them. (laughs) I don't know if that's going to happen. Before we get to Tracy Jones, who is out in California, you know, um, Sir Boy, or rather, uh, our good friend Lee Erickson has made an appearance here today. Oh, all right. He's back. Good for Leif. And, you know, was asked about the 10 greatest explorers of all time. Ooh. 
Magellan. On the list, Ferdinand Magellan. Late 1400s, early 1500s. Has to be. Marco Polo, of course. Legendary explorer. Most people know that as a pool game now. Which is sad. It is sad. Um, but, you know, we talked about the man yesterday. The discoverer of the new world. Christopher Columbus. Embarked on four voyages across the Atlantic over a 12-year time frame under the sponsorship of your good friend Ferdinand II and Isabella I of Spain. So I got to go with Christopher Columbus. Even though, as we mentioned yesterday, in some circles now, he's a racist pig. Um, you know, it's an interesting note here. You were talking about, um, I wonder how you feel about this, Casey. Pointed out here a moment ago, if you're a Bengals fan, don't you want to play the 49ers in the Super Bowl? I think that would be an, uh, another decent Super Bowl matchup. Exercise the demons. Absolutely. I think that would be good. Of 81 and 88. I agree. The seasons of 81, 88. Played in 82, 89. Yes. I mean, I, I, would, I would enjoy that matchup a lot, too. I think that's another good one. Um, if the Rams were good, I think that would have been a really good one, too, just having the same rematch. <laughs> but, you know, they suck. So, Oh, my God. What? Sharon's unbelievable. <laughs> Says Hugh Hefner is the greatest explorer of all time. <laughs> He's explored a few things. <laughs> well, holy Moses. Boy, Sharon, uh, she's got her guy coming up here in a minute. He's here. Wow. All right. Well, let's take a timeout before the Tracer joins us, uh, and we can end all this nonsense. Did this show once start as a sports talk show? Yeah. Tired. <laughs> it's, it's you know, I'm starting to wonder. I mean, really. I mean, you know, uh, we get all these comments about yesterday's show was our best show ever. It was filled with a lot of nonsense. Was it? You guys both felt like it was it was a good show yesterday, right? Well, we're trying to find that balance between how much we go back and forth with each other and do the banter and the interviews and everything else. We're trying to we're trying to hit that balance. Yesterday we did more banter. People seem to like it. Okay, like to hear more from all of you. Your thoughts. I mean, is this turning into uh, Howard Stern? Can't stand the guy, but he, but a successful dude, right? Can't Man, stand the guy. That's what the people like. He's, he's lit me up so many times, it's ridiculous. Okay. He's lit you up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just vicious stuff. Nasty yeah. stuff. And I don't mean the stuff of August of 2020. I'm talking about before that. Nasty, nasty guy. All right. Uh, we'll take a break, and we're back with a tracer in a minute. Uh, every time you see it, get so excited. That uh, Dusty Baker and that laugh and that smile is just unbelievable. Uh, we welcome in the Tracer. What's what, up, boys? What, what was that in your hand, if you don't mind me asking? I don't know if we caught you on camera and shouldn't have caught you on camera. What was that? Oh. Because you're fasting right now. What, what is that you're having? A little water? Well, I'm not fasting today, Tommy. I'm not fasting. I'm, I'm actually having my new favorite drink. It's a hard seltzer. Strawberry oh. hibiscus. 
very good drink. And it's really, I advise people to drink a couple of these when you wake up. Makes you feel good. Certainly better than coffee. Love this. Does that have alcohol in it? Oh, she's it does. But it's all right. <laughs> Let's start early. Well, there are a lot of there are a lot of things I, I you know you, you think you're going to see in your life, and a lot of things you think you're not going to see in your life. Uh, this would fall in the latter category, Tracer, with you yeah. knocking down one of whatever that is. Yeah. you got to hold something. it a certain way. Your your seltzer, you got to hold it like this. Do you think that's California rubbing off on you that you've been out there too much lately? Three times in the last two weeks. You know, I mean, I could, a great goose I could see you having as you've talked about. And now all of a sudden you start getting out there, land of the weirdos, California, and and you're sipping down seltzers or whatever that's called. Well, I tell you, I don't know if you see behind me, it's almost like a Hallmark. Car. You see that it Christmas is. tree? Nothing screams uh, Christmas like a fake tree in 75 degrees in California. But yeah, it's starting to turn on me a little, this this California thing. It's strange here. A lot of things going on, Tommy. Well, what, what, like, like what? What's going on out there that's so strange? Well, let, let me just say, like uh, Christmas Day, we're having seven people. Well, they're bringing all their dogs. That's nine dogs in a okay. house, honest to God. I love it. Well, there's, but, but here's the problem in California. And, and my mother-in-law has this big property right on the beach. Well, what's happening, and you can look it up. I don't make up stuff. You guys should know that. There's mountain lions that are getting these dogs. Yeah. Coyotes getting yep. the, these dogs. Even a couple of chubacabras. I, I saw a couple of those the other day. Yeah, you got to watch out. Just keep, just keep the dogs inside. I mean, just keep them inside, and you'll, you'll stay away from all that stuff. And I have read about that. Uh, someone asked, is that a Charlie Brown Christmas tree behind you there? It, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I actually put that up last night. Uh, you know, it's, it's an expensive Charlie Brown Christmas tree. But, yeah, I think it's all right. For California, it'll do. It'll do, Tommy. You know, I, I need your help here a little bit um, uh, on something because right before we went to break to bring you on, I need to ask you this question. This show theoretically started as a... Oh, don't even get that on camera anymore. Very this tasty. show theoretically started as a sports talk show. It is starting to slip into that always dangerous fine line of being more entertainment than sports if you were the program director of this particular show where do we go from here let me give you some advice i need it if i I see if i see colin coward breaking down the top five quarterbacks in the nfl one more time i'm gonna scream it's about entertainment you have someone in myself tracy jones who can talk about a lot of things tracy jones can talk about politics he can talk about relation stuff. So we need to branch out and talk about other things than, you know, breaking down the Reds, breaking down the Bengals. That stuff is boring, boring as hell. So that's my advice. Because you okay. can talk about a lot of things, Tommy. You know that, right? I, well, I know, but PC I mean, you know, for example, okay. So yesterday, uh, for example, 
Um, you know, I, I, I sort of went off on a couple of, a couple of things politically, right? I, you know, we were talking about Twitter and Elon Musk and the dumping of these Twitter files. And, you know, uh, uh, you know some people write, and, I mean, they, they, they love it, right? They love it in the chat yeah. room. And then other people sure. are like, and I can relate to these people a little bit, okay? I can relate to them because I have to say it has changed my opinion if you don't agree with somebody politically. And let's use Bruce Springsteen as an example, okay? Okay. When I was a kid, I mean, I remember when I was in college, I went to see Bruce Springsteen in concert three times in a week. I used to love Bruce Springsteen. And when you went to his concerts, if anybody's ever been, he is without a doubt the best concert you're ever going to see in your life. He pours out everything he's got. Great band, great music, great energy, great fun. But then all of a sudden, I went to a couple of shows, and it's all about the politics. And it's not yeah. the politics that I necessarily agree with. So I've gone very south on Bruce Springsteen. I wouldn't pay money to go watch him ever again. So my fear is, is we're trying to build up this show. If I start spewing on some politics, and 40% of the people that are watching, and we're trying to build a thing up, don't like it, are they going south on me? No, no. Let, again, I'll give you some advice. Tracy Jones it. will give you some advice, okay? okay. What happens when you're uh, standing in the middle of the road, Dom? You get run over, right? Either take a side. I'm like this. I've marked off some friends because they're libertards. So I push them to the side. I'm not a liberal guy. I'm a conservative guy. California used to be the greatest state. Greatest state. And because of the liberals taking it over and doing some crazy ass things, it is, it's unbearable and it's an embarrassment. So I, I think you should talk politics because you're very smart uh, and you can educate people. The whole thing with Twitter, Elon Musk to me is a hero. I mean, he restored free speech. You know, it's funny about the liberals. They get all upset, you know, now that they're being kind of pushed to the side for two years, for three years. Twitter completely destroyed the conservative voice. And now it's back. And of course, the liberals, the Democrats, they don't like that stuff at all, do they? Well, that's, well, that's, a, that's a point Elon I made Musk. yesterday. Just to lay it all out there and let everybody make yeah. their own decision about what happened back in 2020. Let them decide. Okay? Right. Let, let people decide once they read it. Once they yeah. How's that vaccine working? How's that vaccine working for everyone? Is it time to get another fifth booster? This time when you get that booster, it's going to work, right? You know, I, you know what? I re it's interesting you bring that up. I read an article two days ago where 79% of the population that has had the vaccine, 79% of the population that is due for a booster has said, no way, not a chance. Not no. doing it. Not doing it again. Well, it's not working, right? But Fauci said it. The head of the NIH said, if you get the vaccine, you can't get COVID, right? Our president, Joe Biden, said, if you get the vaccine, you can't get COVID. That was a lie, okay? And you people need to understand this. To have kids vaccinated is criminal. Kids have more better chance of drowning than dying of COVID. You know, I, I believe in natural immunity. If I am a healthy 62, almost 62-year-old male, if I go down with COVID, we got problems, people, because I'm pretty healthy. <laughs> so, you know, it turned out wasn't as bad 
as people thought, right? So I don't want to get too much political, but if you ask me, I'm going to tell you. Okay, well, you know, Sharon, who only shows up on this show, she only shows up on the days when Tracy Jones is coming on. And I mean to tell you, Tracer, um, I mean, she, she is very jealous of Danae. Let's put it that way. Which, by the way, um, do you have video of Danae's, your mother-in-law, Danae's mother, her $268,000 Porsche? Did you get any video of that? No, I didn't, but I did get a I don't video think this exists. I don't think, I don't think this Porsche okay, exists. Okay, I, I promise... I promise I'll get that video, but I did do something special for you people. Okay. I've got a video. Now I want you to watch this video because it's, it's, it's great. I know you guys like to live vicariously through me yes. and here's a perfect example. And I'll explain this video after you show it. Go ahead. Doug. Okay. Let's see. What is that, that incredible or what? Yeah, it, you know, I got to tell you, I, I, what I'm going to suggest is Casey, uh, Paul, Ham, and Egger say good morning to Tracer. You haven't even said hello yet. Good morning, Tracer. Tracy, how are you today? That, vid that video was for you two, Ham and Eggers. That right there, which you saw, and I don't, that's one of the five oceans. That's called the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> you guys will never get that far west, but I thought I would bring it to you people and show you how we live on the West Coast. That is, Tom Wright, tell them that's the Pacific Ocean. That, that's what it's called. And I, I have been a regular swimmer in the Pacific Ocean many times in my young life. Uh, I get in that water. I don't care how cold it is. Uh, other guys are in there in wetsuits. Not a real man. No, I'm in there with no <laughs> wetsuit. Um, you know what I want to do, though, is, Casey, I want to save that video, okay? Save that video because I think that would be perfect for when things get a little worked up around here. When I was watching yes. that video, it reminded me of like when you have YouTube TV, how sometimes the commercial doesn't show up for whatever it is, and this is a zen moment, and they've got panda bears rolling, frolicking around, or they've got just a, uh, you know, some video of, of the rainforest or whatever. we got to keep that so when things get a little worked up in here, we can just drop that in and everybody take a breath. We can all remember Tracy Jones' trip to California. I, I'll be honest. Wasn't that you. soothing? Wasn't that a great very, video? You'll never... Very, very, very. Yeah, when you it when you're looking so when you're nice. looking for like white noise, right? If you're trying to go to sleep and you're looking for white noise, either flip on the rain or you flip on the ocean. And I'll be honest, sitting here listening to that, that was pretty soothing, Tracy. Good job. It was all right, wasn't it? That was pretty good. Sharon wants to know, um, Tracy, is that a random nude beach in Southern California? Anything, clothing is always optional in California. So there are times when I'm feeling that it's not too cold. I don't want to 
you know, I don't want shrinkage on the tripod. Sometimes I'll just take <laughs> off my clothes and just walk up and down the, the beach. And people really don't care. They just kind of just mind their own business. You know, that liberal stuff out here. Anything goes. Just ask my wife. What, what do you mean, ask your wife? Well, she's just, you know how she is, kind of free spirit. Whatever goes, goes. You know, live for today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Yeah. It's that, you know, the California. I'm sure you dated many California girls, Tom. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> we'll leave that be. We'll, we'll leave that be. Uh, Tracy, are, oh, these you, are good. what is your big, <laughs> tell me what, what did he say? The seltzers are really good. Oh, God. Tell me what it's going to be like at your mother-in-law's house on Christmas morning. Will there, they, will there be any, you talked about some people coming over. Are there going to be any young kids that are there? I mean, your no. kids are grown, the whole deal. So no little kids no running kid. around, open presents, that kind of thing. So you're just sitting no around kids. drinking seltzers and, and talking about Gavin Newsom, or what are you doing? <laughs> and, and a couple of bottles of Silver Oak, actually. Yeah, right, right, right. Yes, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> Polly Casey, forget it. You think about Boone's Farm, you know, we'll, we'll have Silver Oak. But yeah, there'll be seven adults, nine dogs, and poor Tucker. I mean, can, you know, Tucker's used to just kind of a calm place. My sister, my wife's twin sister has a dog, Zoe. And all that dog does is want to hump Tucker. It's a girl <laughs> dog. That's not even possible, is it, Tom? Is it one of those transgender things? I don't know. It's the nudicles. Yeah, those nudicles have to be the head of the party, though. I mean, let's face it. If you're another dog of the other eight dogs of the nine that are going to be there, um, you know, and sometimes we, we go somewhere and we see a gift that maybe a family member received from somebody else, not in your family, but somebody else. And you're like, man, that would be a pretty cool gift. If you're one of those dogs, uh, and you're checking out Tucker with the nudicles, you gotta be saying that's a pretty cool gift from my main man, Tracer. Oh, that's, it's a big deal. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, you know, that, that bull mastiff. I, I overdid it on the nudicles. Those are way too big for Tucker's only eight pounds. I mean, those nudicles got to weigh four pounds each, but he'll sit there and, and I, those dogs, the other eight dogs will just check out Tucker all day long. And Zoe, that girl, maybe that's why she likes Tucker so much. Maybe it's the nudicles. Well, I got to believe it is. So, so what will, what will it be like though? I mean, I, I was, I was, you know, I was stereotyping there about the, you know, you added the silver oak and the, and the, um, you know, you got the beach out there and everything, but, but, um, did you get your wife anything special? Maybe I shouldn't ask you that because in theory, I know she very late at night, she goes back and, and downloads the show on a podcast. So it'd be giving it away, but anything you said to her that, you know, honey, I can, I could really use this this year. You know, she did get me handkerchiefs that's what i swear to god she got me like eight handkerchiefs i got a rather big nose tommy so i'm always blowing my nose and shit, shit. so i got eight handkerchiefs i already got them she didn't even have to wrap them as far as danae i think i've done enough for danae in the last three months don't you guys think i mean i've taken her on vacation after vacation after vacation i think she's had her presence we're gonna cut it off i'm we're, we're you know we're up there in age i don't think we need to exchange presents. I don't think so. I mean, it's for the kids. Well, you know, 
Tracer, I need some help. If you're not going to get your, your Danae anything, I need help. I need some ideas. Okay. okay. I, I have no gifts for my fiance. Okay. And I have $100 to work with. What do you think I should get her? I'll tell you what I got, Danae, a few years. Actually, when we first started dating and we both enjoyed it. It was kind of a, a gift for both of us. We're handcuffs. I tell you, she liked it. I liked it. Um, and then also maybe a blindfold. Casey, what about that? Casey? Uh, I think that's a fantastic uh, idea, Casey. And you could probably find budget versions too. Probably don't even need to spend the whole hundred dollars. Well, you know, it, it, it would be a great gift. If I didn't already have that, I mean. Oh! 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 oh, oh it's Ham and Egger! Oh! Zinger! Zinger! Bastard! Oh, that, that's up. It's always the shy ones, isn't it, Tommy? There's always no the doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Oh. I mean, Casey, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll have to. We have to watch his 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 shot clock. I don't know if you're familiar with this. It's been introduced. Is, you know, Casey sometimes will take a little while. He's thoughtful. Uh, he's, yeah. he's, he's accumulating and, you know, assembling his thoughts. So it'll take him a little while to kind of get there. So Paul, in a very cruel act, has come up with a, a, a shot clock for Casey that if he can't express what he's saying in a certain amount of time, then the, the, the shot clock buzzer goes off. I mean, it's really mean. I'm not surprised. 24-second clock. Yeah. Save your guy. You know, not surprised at all. Paul, you want to explain yourself what you've done to that, that kind man sitting next to you? Look, Casey and I have gone back and forth for the last couple of weeks about what we, what we want to do on this show, and I haven't pulled the shot clock out much. I've only pulled it out a couple of times. Only in emergency worst-case scenarios. All you have to do is one time and you chop a man at the knees. Am I, I right, Tracer? You cut a good yeah. man down. Yeah, you're not a very good friend, Polly. You got to stand up. Hey, hey, I'll tell you something else. You're not going to get one of those rings. Do you know what I'm talking about? Casey? Uh, what ring? What, what type of ring are you uh, talking never about? Never mind. Never mind. I'm talking about it. Not, not that goes on your finger. What else you got there? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I was thinking of something more like clothing I could get her. She really <laughs> likes clothing. I, I don't know if you have any ideas. For under a hundred bucks here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. What about some uh, lingerie? What about something like that? Some lingerie? What size is she? What, what size is she? Is she a, a D, double D, G? What is she? <laughs> I think her, mom is wa her mom is watching this show today, by the way. But Casey's dad is watching this show, too. <laughs> right. I'm more what, worried what about her mom. Yeah. What, what size is the mom? Uh. <laughs> Get her some lingerie. <laughs> now, you know, it, this is a sports show, Tracy. This is a sports show, This is a hell of an idea. You know what? Now, wait, wait, wait. This is a hell of an idea. Because if you really want to be idea. tight with the father-in-law, right, Tracer? And ultimately, that's yes. where we're going here. Yes. If you ultimately want to be tight with the father-in-law, 
<laughs> little lingerie for mother-in-law is really not a stretch. It's not a reach. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, it is. How many years have they been married? Uh, Casey, negative six months. Well, hang on. Hang oh, on. oh, oh, you're talking you, about your parents. So are you talking yeah. about my parents or her parents? No, you yeah, just said her mom. Oh. Her mom. Yes. And her dad, I think, I think I want to say 20. 20. Uh, see, yeah. they're beyond that. Tom, get, educate this guy. Once they're in the 20, they ain't, they ain't doing nothing. No, no they're action. not. D-U-N no done. no action. Yeah, they no, probably you're, you're, you're in separate beds at that point at the Red Roof Inn, if not separate rooms entirely. We got to get our sleep. Yes, that happens. Actually, I am sleeping in the in another bedroom <laughs> away from today. No, you're it's not. only because she has no, to. Oh, you're yeah, not. Come on, yeah, at yeah. your mother-in-law's house? Does she frown yes. on that kind of thing even now? Well, nah, it's just it's a situation. I snore too much, so I'm in the other room. Oh boy. Wonder how Sharon feels about oh, that. that. My, my computer's out again. I'm, I'm picking up my computer that actually works today. Casey's father-in-law says that they've been married for 27 years. We have it straight from the source. You know, wow. Tracer. I, I mean, I read some stories. I don't know anything about this, but I read some stories. You know, about how maybe after 20, you know, 22, 24, things have been a little south for a while. That all of a sudden, you know. You become the empty nester or whatever it is for a few years, and things can start to ramp back up here. So I think you might be on to something. Right, but you got to get that lingerie. And, and I'm just guessing extra large, size 18 maybe. Casey, I don't know your, your mother-in-law, but I'm thinking, <laughs> I mean, no insult. I mean, we all get bigger as we get older, but I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. Sorry, I don't mean to get too personal. Let me get some of this more. Let me get some of this seltzer. Boy, this is good. I, I tell you what, I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little drunk. I, if, what's well, hey, hard? You know what? Hit me uh, hard. I mean, I know that uh, you know the song about it's five o'clock somewhere. I mean, it's always five o'clock in California, right? Always. Well, yeah, but if if you're cracking the seltzer here at eight o'clock in the morning, there's a problem. I bet you could find some others probably within three, four doors down. How far is her closest neighbor before we let you go? Because that video, is that right outside of her house? Because I mean, yeah. there, there wasn't a soul in sight there. Yeah, it's it's right on the water. There's probably, I don't know, 100 yards next neighbor. Wow. So it's, it's a big, and, and that's why I'm saying we bring out the nine dogs. They start running the beach, right? The dogs, all of a sudden a mountain lion gets them or a coyote, or a chubracabra, and now we're down to seven dogs, right? So we yeah, gotta you, be real you, careful. You, you, you don't want that, you don't want that. You gotta be careful. So Tracer, uh, we won't see you again until uh, Tuesday. So we wish you and Danae and your mother-in-law and all your kids and everybody a very, very Merry Christmas, my man. Merry Christmas to everyone. I appreciate you having me and I appreciate everybody watching. And I just I, I just feel it's my higher purpose for you people, you ham and eggers to live vicariously through me and I will continue to produce videos that I hope are entertaining. That's my goal next year. And, 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 the, and the goal for next week is going to be video of that Porsche, okay? I will, I'll get Maybe it Maybe she'll I give promise. it to you for Christmas and you can drive it home instead of taking that train. I'd be too nervous. I'm a horrible driver. 
I wouldn't drive something you, like oh that. Oh man, now you talk about some fun. If you if you could guarantee it that the that the the weather would be okay and the roads would be good, to just unleash that Porsche coast to coast and let it rip. Now that oh, that's fun. It's a big time car, no yeah. doubt about it. For a big time guy. All right, boys. All right, yeah. buddy. Tracer, adios. Merry Christmas. Thank Great you. to have the Tracer. So there you have it, Casey. You got the advice from our main man. I just want to let everyone know. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This wow. is not good, I can Uh-oh. tell. Oh, this already. is not going in the no, right direction. not going well. Are you sure you want to say whatever you're about yeah, to say? Be very we're, careful. We're giving very you an out careful, right Casey. now. I'm giving you an out. I was just trying to say that my mother, oh God, my father, justifying. my father-in-law, my fiance, were all listening to that whole segment. Well, and? Would, and? I'm dead. <laughs> we'll just put it like that. I, I might, I might be dead. So this is my last show. It was great working with all of you. What are but, they mad about? Before we get out of here, and we're getting short on time. Whoa, 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 I mean, they all know it's tongue in cheek, right? I mean, come oh, on. and my sister, and my sister. <laughs> oh my God, uh, they're, they're not really mad, right? No, I don't think so. I hope not. I hope. Okay, look, on a serious note, a couple things here. Um, we're game planning as to what's going to happen here tomorrow. We do this show every single day uh, here in downtown Hamilton in our beautiful Chatterbox Sports Studio uh, and offices. But, as many of you locally well know, now Jolly Jolly out in California and the rest of you guys in Idaho that are dialed in watching on a daily basis, um, you don't care. But we're talking about the weather here, and they're talking about temperatures making a major drop-off. It's in the mid-40s today, talking about being wind chill minus 30 tonight, lots of snow coming into Cincinnati, at least in theory. So look, we don't know what it's going to look like or what our show's going to look like because we're not sure everybody can get in here tomorrow, so we might be doing it remotely from home. We'll see, but we'll do the very, very best we can to get on the air. The other thing I want to say is, you know, um, and Tracy was talking about, you know, dogs. Uh, but look, um, if, there, if there's somebody, a person out there, uh, if there's a, a, a stray cat, stray dog, whatever it might be in your neighborhood you see out there, these temperatures are, are, are not fit for man nor beast. If you could do anything to help anybody tonight or tomorrow or the next day when it's supposed to be really cold, please consider it. Please um, we're also very blessed and fortunate um, that, that we have a, a, a roof over our head, that we have shelter, warm in the cold, cool in the heat. Uh, a lot of people and some kids and animals and all that kind of thing, they, they don't have it. So um, please keep that in mind. I would beg of you to please do so. Open your hearts, your homes, your wallets, whatever it might be, your time to help those that are less fortunate at this time of year and every day. Uh, okay, we have a cherry on top. We do. A cherry on top presented by United Dairy Farmers. It's another thing, the music you ought to just have is like that zen moment. Yeah, so uh, this one is involving the Pro Bowl. It's about a safety from, or not safety, it's a uh, pro bowler uh, from Washington who has had a really tough time in the pros. His name is Jeremy 
Reeves. Okay. Reeves. And he's had a really tough time. Cut many times, practice squad guy. But yep. this is the first time he started, and he got a Pro Bowl nod. So this is the video of him getting that. Let's see this. You, Jeremy. No, I got – no, um, yeah. Don't mind him. We're just finished. I got to finish that up a second. But listen, um, congratulations. You're the Pro Bowl special teams guy. You're the starter. You're a young man. Everything you've done, and I know your mom would be proud. You earned it, young man. Who said he coach? Yo. He wouldn't stop. Congrats, <laughs> dude. All right. No, nah, you earned it. Like I said, man, I just appreciate you trusting me. Always, coach. Told nah. you I want to do a brick wall for you. No, nah, I know you would too. Well, I appreciate you. I'm very proud of you. I really am. No, nah, you earned it, young man. Thank you. You earned it. Yes, sir. That's freaking awesome. Well, I mean, is it getting better than that? I mean, that's what it's about, right? You know, I, I've, I've had a chance. We all have in some form or fashion. It doesn't have to be sports, but you've, you've met somebody who, man, they just keep going. They just keep going. I've met a ton of the guys just like him in football who, they, you know, they, they've been cut, practice squad, cut, signed, cut, another team, cut, practice squad, cut. I mean, 7, 8, 10, 12, 14 times. Good for that kid. And, and I don't know if there's a coach in a league that I, that I would want if I were in his position to deliver that news more than the guy who did it because I think Ron Rivera, he's up here uh, on the totem pole. A beautiful man. You heard him mention the kid's mom. I'm assuming she's probably passed the way he said it. I'm guessing on that. Your mom would have been proud of you. Ron Rivera just lost his mom, uh, you may recall, a few weeks ago. So he knows all about it. Before we leave here today, I want you to pull up another tune from the Bengal boys. This is going to be our going out video today because I was just introduced to them. Thank you for doing so. And now I'm a big proponent. Every time they cut a new video, we are going to play it on off the bench. I don't know these guys. I hope we meet them sometime. Maybe we'll get them in a studio sometime. Are they local guys? Do we know? I don't think they're local, but they are... Okay, but they here, do, here's the only down. question I want to ask before we go any further with the Bengal boys, okay? Yep. Because one thing I've realized since getting in, since being forced really to get into social media a little bit here is, which I've never been a part of, it, it seems like there are companies or people that are paying people as a social influencer, okay? And they're a big fan of this team, and you think, you know, they're, they're all in for your team. But the, but, but the company that's paying them is paying them to be social influencers for other franchises in other sports, which to me lessens the value of how much do they really love fill in the blank, okay? Are these guys, they're not getting paid to do videos for the no. Chiefs or somebody, right? No, they're no. not being paid. 
But, but, but they're not doing this for other teams. No. The, there was a story. I forget if it was with 12. Um, but they, they, they did a story on them because they live in, like, Tennessee or something like that. Most of these guys. Okay. But they're Bengals fans. Okay. And they're, and they're, they're musical guys, kind of seems like. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. This is one. How long ago was this? Whatever. Recently. Uh, this was, I think, three weeks ago. Okay. Well, we're going to say goodbye. Hopefully, we see you here tomorrow. We will come to you in some form or fashion. We're going to do everything we can to try. If, for some reason, we have some technical issues uh, and can't come your way tomorrow, we apologize ahead of time. And most importantly, we wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas. Thank all of you for coming to the show. Gentlemen, Merry Christmas to you guys. Yeah, not Merry too Christmas, picky. Uh, we're doing the betting 102 here after the break. Absolutely. So, okay, so that's coming up right after Merry the Christmas, break. Merry Christmas, Tom. We leave you with a group we've just been introduced to. It was Hall & Oates a moment ago. I'm a big fan of Hall & Oates. Uh, what's next? What song is this? Let's all enjoy it. Merry Christmas. Gonna win that game for you, baby. It's first and ten. King Henry pounds the middle. Before you know, it's third and long. Well, Tennessee, thought you could ride the right game. DJ and BJ proved you wrong. Sam Hubbard and Hendrickson. We were just getting oh, the no. Oh, That's no. That's so sad. Buffering. Buffering. Disaster. Oh, man. All right. Reed, let's hop on up here. Sorry, everyone. We will play the rest of this some other time. But for now, we're going to take a break and go to Not Too Picky.